Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1994, Popocatepetl, a volcano in Mexico, spews forth gases and ash after nearly half a century of dormancy. Damn, sounds like 2020. fuck history where we discuss the weirdest and wackiest things that make us say well what the fuck history i am you're not nearly as handsome nathan drake damn you you gorgeous nathan fillion lookalike zachary i'm megan i am uh your winter solstice fairy leave me milk after the episode so i don't haunt you for the next new year and my name's matt sally couldn't play on the swings because she didn't have arms Knock, knock. Who's there? Not Sally. (laughs) (laughs) She died. (laughs) I think think the joke is meant to imply that she doesn't have arms to knock on a door, Megan. Not that she died. Oh, I thought she fell off the swing and, like, died. No. No, like, so the other one is, what do you call a a kid with no arms and no legs sitting in front of a door? Hi! Matt! Oh, oh, I don't know this if this is going to make the cutting room floor because those are all they're, awful. They're not but awful, anyway, and you have to believe that our listeners have the same fucked up sense of humor that we do. Plus, it's my fucking introduction. You can't died. cut it, Zach. You can't. I know, I know. Uh, and it is also the first day of Yule, so we will hope that they have the same Yuletide spirit. It's as the Yule! Rest of Yule, glorious oh, Yule! Uh, <laughs> so light something on fire. Just don't do it as arson. That's true. Uh, or do that you? I don't know. Quantify what? that for me. Light something on fire. Just don't do it as arson. Well, do it in a fireplace. Do it in a fireplace. Do it in a candle. Don't burn something that isn't yours. If I choose where, to burn my that? house, technically mine. That's technically eh, also it, technically yeah, arson. I mean, yes, question but, mark. I guess it depends sure on how much, like, insurance you have on it. All right, ladies know. and gentlemen, with uh, with our conversation stemming into insurance, it's where I cut it off. A game of rock, paper, scissors has been played. Uh, the order has been set. And the first story to night comes to us from my good friend Megan. Megan, what have you got for us today? I have a story of... A very rich lady. I love stories about rich women. Tell me more. <laughs> You're a rich girl. Yeah, and then we cue Billy Joel. Zach's gonna Zach's gonna put in Billy Joel at this part. Anyway, um, so we I all know the you, the movie. He yeah, he's, he's. I won't because we don't, we don't have, the, have money. the money for that. We're gonna contact <laughs> Sir Joel and. <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah, because I it got worked Billy once. on speed dial. We're on a first name basis. It, it did once. work once. All right, Megan, tell me about this rich woman. Yeah, so we know the movie, The the Wolf of Wall Street, but tonight I'm going to talk to you guys about the far more evocative uh, The Witch of Wall Street, Hetty Green. Ooh. Yeah. 
So uh, Hetty was a normal child, I guess. Uh, she she hailed from one of the richest whaling families in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Mm. So I assume they talked about whales a lot around the dinner table. Do you which think? I would be into. Do you really think? I feel like they would come home and not want to talk work. I think that encompasses your life. Kind of like a, a stripper coming family. home and taking off her clothes and going, "Oh, great." <laughs> this is just like work <laughs> just More work. like that um yeah there's always money in the whale fat stand I what guess. yeah i mean for real <laughs> i don't um i don't even know how a conversation around a dinner table with regards to whaling would work but oh i know oh go for it yeah please. Ooh, okay continue uh oh hey sweetheart how was your dear day found a fat whale today that vomited up some ambergris on me and now we can make perfume Wow, that's a really cool work story. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> it's either that one or it's like Captain Ahab where it's like, he got away again. I don't think if the you're Captain whale. Ahab, you have time for a family. I don't it's think if you're Captain whale. Ahab, you do anything but pursue the great white whale. Yeah, you only have time whale. for the whale. It's whale time all the time. <laughs> tell me more about the, tell me more, tell me more about this <laughs> prominent whaling family. Yeah, so it's less about the whaling family and more about, like, how Hetty, at the age of two, she supposedly started reading stock quotations and comic reports for her father, which I call bullshit on. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's like one of those memes online, right, where someone's just like, my three-month-old started quoting Confucius one day, and it was great. I'm calling whale shit. Yeah, I call whale whale shit, shit. dude. I don't... (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so clever because it. we're talking about a whaling family and you're saying I'm talking. It's not funny <laughs> if we have to explain it. <laughs> but Megan, please explain the rest of this witch. Yeah. So anyway, at the ripe age of toddlerdom, um, she she picked up some of her grandfather's business methods. Uh, at 13, she became the family bookkeeper. And I understand times were different in the 1800s, but I wouldn't make a 13-year-old my bookkeeper. But... Essentially, money just started pouring into this girl's hands. Like, when her mother died, she left Hetty $8,000. And before we ask how much that was in today money, I did the math already. Holy shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And it's $228,000. It's really good that you did the math oh, already because I've, I've gone back and listened to our podcast and anytime that money is talked about and conversion <laughs> is needed, my ADHD brain... Just goes, and I don't say anything until I have an answer to the question. So, really good that you did that yeah. for me. Yeah, I must know. So, I already did it. I already did it Proud for us. So, it was $228,000. And then her aunt just handed her, in today money, $569,000 in stocks as what a gift. What was that as yesterday's money? Nice. $20,000. Holy shit. Why, though? I don't because I don't know. Here's a gift. I love you. Here's some stonks. I love you. Here's some stonks. <laughs> Here's some stonks. I wish I had a strained, estranged aunts who would give me basically six hundred thousand. Was it an estranged aunt? Yeah, aunt? same. No, it was just a regular aunt. Stonks. Part of the whaling. I wish I had a regular aunt that would do that. I just wish I had an aunt that would do that. But anyway, <laughs> when her dad died in 1865, uh, he left her with a hundred million dollars. Jesus. Which included a million dollars in cash that he just stored in bills in a warehouse in San Francisco. What was that in yesterday's money? What? 
I have no idea at this point. I was just, she gained so much money in such a short amount of time that I just like wanted to know how much it was in today's cash. I don't think it really matters how much it was in yesterday's money. It's a fuck ton of money today. It was probably more of a fuck ton of money back then. Yeah, so, I mean, like, she keeps gaining money, too. So her aunt died, the one who gave her all the stonks, right? And Hetty went to court to challenge her will and ended up with 12 million more dollars. What the fuck? The fuck? (laughs) I hate her so much. This girl played the lottery with family members... I'm, like, an inquiry should be made as to whether or not she tripped her aunt down the stairs. <laughs> she was like, I love her so Auntie, much. Auntie, you so remember all that money you gave me? How much do I stand to gain if I, say, push you down these fucking stairs? <laughs> and then every and time, like about what'd 12 you say, million, it was 12 dear. million, so, like, yeah. every stair this woman hits as she's going down, this heady woman is going, <laughs> that's one, two, three million... God. No, it's so, true though. Like she just got so much money. She got so much. The Norsemen used to put women in charge mm-hmm. of finances because they thought it was witchcraft, and now <laughs> I'm fucking convinced. I'm fucking convinced they were right, dude. I think it is witchcraft. Like she just kept gaining money, but so eventually, you know, she she married a man, Edward Henry Green. He was a millionaire in his own right, but in Hetty's dad's will, he stipulated that her husband had no right to Hetty's money, and she made Green renounce all rights to her money before the wedding. So he wasn't Hello, like, we want prenup. Yeah, we want prenup. She's yeah. like, sign this prenup. I'm way richer than you. Because <laughs> when she leave your ass, she gonna leave with half. No, it, it, so um, it actually it when pretty... he leaves your ass, he's gonna leave with half. <laughs> he was he was gonna leave with nothing actually. Because the prenup. Well, yeah, because of the prenup, but also he was like pretty bad at investing. It's also interesting because they separated in 1885, uh, but they remained married and spent more time together later in life. So it didn't really anything that I looked up didn't Aww. really explain why they separated or why they came lot. back together. Maybe it was like one of those Dr. Cox in from Scrubs situations where his wife got oh, yeah. and him got along better when they were not married. Maybe. Like something about the ring on the finger made it horrible. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I they mean, just I've like I've heard from a lot of married people though that like the marriage gets weird after like you say the I do and then all of a sudden the dynamic changes. Yeah, I somehow. think it's like a lot of I don't know, obligation perhaps, to put on your shoulders. Everything always fucks up when you get the government involved in your love practices. Yeah, get out of here. I was about to say, like, when you have the government part of your con, like, make a contract to say, I promise to, you know, be there for that person, I think it kind of ruins the spot. Yeah, maybe I just want to, like, (laughs) swear in front of the oldest tree in the forest and have the moon as my witness to say I I love someone. I think that would be a more romantic way to do it to be honest and i say this as a person who's engaged and like we're thinking of well first of all how to get married in covid but also like i'm not sure that i want to have a big fancy wedding and i think going out to like a really old forest and just getting married in front of a tree would be really fitting yeah i have a question yeah go ahead sure can i can i can i officiate that no the tree's officiating (laughs) the tree is the officiant but you can stand behind the tree and act as its voice can I be the Lorax and speak for the tree that's <laughs> your wedding? Uh, but, yeah. 
Anyway. Um, but yeah. They spent more time later together in life. So, so that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they spent more time later later in life. Uh, so while he was gone, apparently, she had a very lucrative investing career that was based on contrarian investing and said, I buy things when they're low and nobody wants them. I keep them until they go up and people are crazy to get them. That is, I believe, the secret to all successive successful business so her first year investing she earned uh 1.25 million the highest earner yeah she just like kept accumulating money dude you're not gonna like her the highest earning she had in a day was two hundred thousand dollars uh she kept getting her husband out of bad patches of uh bad investments gone bad um which hetty bailed him out of but she never really forgave him for it so it's like man what a fuck up you are uh, please <laughs> stop being so bad at business because I am so good at it. <laughs> so, but despite all this cash money, she was pretty thrifty. Uh, she never turned on her heat in hot water. She wore oh. one black dress and undergarments that she changed only after they had been worn out, which is kind of nasty. That's that disgusting. Is gross. Yep. Uh, she didn't wash her hands. Nice. That's on. Un- COVID alert! Yes. <laughs> You're supposed to wash every 20 minutes! Wash your hands, goddammit! Uh, she, wash your hands and wear a mask! She rode in an old carriage, ate pies that cost 15 cents, which I don't know what that is in today's money, but like, let's say it's a dollar. She instructed her laundress to only wash the dirtiest parts of her dresses to save money on soap, and she once spent a whole night searching for a stamp that cost two cents. Oh my. I that's that's a bit much. I, I was going to ask if she had any descendants cuz I'm not good at business but I'm half decent at bullshit and I'd marry into that family, but now I don't want oh, to. Oh no, dude, she did. She did have descendants. And here's where Ooh. they she had two. She had a daughter and she had a son. Um and one a time dollar? And a she dollar. had a son. She had a dollar. She had more than one. She had more than a dollar. She had no, more than a dollar. You did I unless I misheard you. And again, it's 1040 at night so it's very fair chance that i did mishear you i heard she had a dollar and she had a son yep she but she no she also had a daughter uh well good and a dollar and a son her three children uh but so her son got sick somehow and uh I wonder yeah. how, with a mother that didn't watch her Because <laughs> she was <laughs> nasty, dude. But she delayed so long looking for a free clinic to take him to that oh she had goodness. that he had to get his leg amputated. Sorry about your leg, buddy. Couldn't yeah. find a doctor in time. Yeah, that was free. Uh, that was uh, free. Um, she also had a hernia at one point that she refused to have an operation for, so she just pressed it, the swelling down with a stick. <laughs> With a stick. Good. Yeah, just like... poke it with a stick. Listen, I don't have a medical degree, okay? I just don't think that's medically sound. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but that being oh. said, unlike unlike uh, our overlord, Jeff Bezos, she did donate to charities, but kept it on the download oh. and said she genuinely enjoyed the interaction she had with people concerning business and was New York's largest lender. Okay. Okay, so I get a little bit of respect. Yeah, I mean, like, it looks like she did contribute Mm -hmm. to charities and, like, the betterment of people. And also, she wasn't, like, wildly spending money and rubbing it in people's faces. I think what she just liked was accumulating it. 
she was really good at what she did, and I will never knock someone for being good at what they do. Yeah. But she also didn't flaunt that fact, which I can respect. Yeah. I, you know? I think mm. it's time that we say exactly what this woman was. This is akin to the scene in, um, what is it? The, the Twilight movies where it's like, I know what you are. <laughs> I know. Well, what is she? What, is, what are you? What are you driving at here? A dragon. Yeah, she actually, dude, she is, because do you want to know? Do you want to know, one, how she died, and two, how much money she had in today's months? I want to know both of those things, but tell me them in a weird order. Okay, uh, so in, in 1916, she died of apocalypsy. What is that? I think it's when you have, like, an aneurysm, but, like, apoplexy. A pop. It just it pop. just sounds like Apoplexy. she had her own apocalypse. Yeah, she had her own personal. She threw herself her own apocalypse. Apoplexy, according to Google, is incapacity or speechlessness caused by extreme anger. She a cerebral hemorrhage or stroke. So she stroked out because <laughs> she was arguing with a milkmaid over. Skimmed milk. The virtues of skimmed milk. Let's talk about the fact that oh, the way I that love you her just, so much now. The way that you described this from Google is that it's like brought on by extreme anger. Yeah, she was mad. So this woman got herself worked up in such a tizzy about skim milk. Yeah, dude. Because skim milk is bullshit. That she Oh, <laughs> but I I would almost assume that this woman was on the side of skim milk. I bet she No, she was. The virtues oh, of skimmed milk. Of course, dude. the virtues oh, of skim no, milk. Oh, never mind. Um she got herself so angry that she literally had a stroke. Yeah, she literally died on this hill. She uh she hit the rage button one too many times yeah. and it was like fizzled out. Yeah. Oof. And uh oh, in today's see. money, she had mm-hmm. billion, making her the richest woman in the world at the time. That's crazy. Respect, but no respect, because skim milk sucks. We'll also eat the rich, right? (laughs) Also, yeah, like, I mean, no one needs to be that, like, that much fucking money. I will say, like, I don't, I don't know what's worse, having that much money and doing nothing with it, or having that much money and buying things you don't need. Except she she did stuff with it. It just wasn't a lot. Pro- I feel like there was a horseshoe up her fucking ass the entire time. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like she could have given a, all of her money away to a charity and then the next day got it all back in a stock investment. I mean, that's like... That's just how she was. That's like Amazon, right? I was actually having this conversation today because I saw an infographic about how rich uh, Sir Jeffrey is. And I was like, dude. Oh, I think I saw the exact same infographic. Yeah, like where you just had to keep scrolling and uh, it was like, yeah, yeah, you think that he has $200 billion. $200 billion. Dude, he could give away half of that today. And like next week he would have half of it back because Amazon doesn't stop making money. I don't know. It's on one hand, I think it's very interesting because she was a woman. Well, yeah, she was a woman at a time when women weren't at the forefront of markets right so the fact that she is accumulating all this wealth is very interesting and the fact that she wasn't spending it is also pretty interesting but uh eat the rich so (laughs) Mm, but also megan the whole thing is and i will say this 
this whole podcast is about stuff that you don't normally hear in history. She might have, you know, she was a woman who did amazing things in the world of business, but I certainly as shit never heard of her, and I have most of a business degree. Most, most of a business <laughs> degree. I have most of a business degree. I, I'm missing a semester's worth of college to get a full bachelor's in business, and I've never heard of her. No, I thought that was pretty interesting because I hadn't either, but, I mean, in her heyday... She was actually changing language. Like, people would say, I'm not heady if I ain't green when talking about hmm. being business savvy. Wow. Okay. Very, All right. very interesting. Got some slang attached to yeah, that. Yeah, so All she right. just kind of was wrapped up in the Findy siècle, you know, slash beginning of the 20th century zeitgeist did right? you just have a stroke in your mouth or was that a <laughs> word that happened fin de siècle what is that it's the end the end Sorry, of the guys, century i need you to understand while all of us are college educated megan is smarter college no educated. that's not true i probably pronounced that wrong but it's french for end end of the century Oh, okay. Of course it's French. Um, of course it's French. It's got that je ne sais quoi Yeah, to we're going to, like, those two French listeners are going to be just They're like, gonna oh my god. They're going to be out for your head by the end of this. I will ask them. I will find our French listeners. I will try. They're going to be like, please. Ask, Was that pronounced correctly? No, please don't. They're going to completely ruin my confidence. And I'm be I, like, hey, French people. I'm, I won't tell you if they told what they told me. I'll just know. I'm going to have to like go to a cemetery and like dress in white and then wilt dramatically over like someone's <laughs> grave and in the rain. I think, you, I think we should, everyone should do that on a like monthly basis. I know. Basis it's like such catharsis. Basis anyway. But anyway, that was my story, and that's how I will be uh, leaving this earth. I've just described it to you. Um, <laughs> uh, and an argument specifically about skim milk, or just an argument? No, not the not the skim milk thing, but like. But the insane wealth. I wish. No, I'm when whenever it's time for me to uh, shrug off my mortal coil, I'm going to just go to a cemetery dressed very regally and oh. then wilt over someone's grave, and I'm not going to know. <laughs> them but it will um, look... yeah imagine going to like a really <laughs> historical cemetery though like i could picture megan being like okay this is the day and i know it somehow and somehow. she just walks to a cemetery dressed really nice finds like the oldest grave there and then just collapses on the stone yeah and then they find me later and they're gonna be like oh my god she looks so oh my beautiful. god what was her connection to this person yeah she looks just like a tuberculosis rich patient <laughs> and see i thought you were going with the yelling and i was gonna make you a promise right now that on the day that you to be your yelling partner earth, if you if, if you go before me, I would let you scream at me until you literally die. That sounds like such a violent way to go, but like also very cathartic. It also sounds very romantic. Yeah, like <laughs> I would let you yell at me until you have a cerebral hemorrhage and bleed out into your brain. <laughs> so... I think we've... That's the A to no, A prime I was right going to say, uh, so that is the end of my, my tale of Hetty Green. And who was who was next up? Who who lost? That, that, who were the that'd losers? That would be me, boss. Mr. Matthew. That would yeah. be me. Mr. Matthew. I feel like I'm at work. Yeah. Shit. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Matthew, please. Or like my mom's talking to me. 
Um, but Zach's not my mom. A couple weeks ago, as far as the listeners are concerned, I talked about the 1904 Olympics. And I did mention that in a future episode, I was going to talk about um, the World's Fair, which happened at the same time. And so I figured, why keep them waiting? Um, and I'm just going to talk about it today. This is America. We don't have 20, we don't have attention span. This is America. You're absolutely right. We don't. And I, especially because I'm an adult man with ADHD. So anyways, I'm taking everyone back to the year of 1904, uh, to the familiar, uh, city of Saint-Louis. Saint-Louis. And, uh, we're going to discuss the World's Fair this time. So I, but I did want to, I did want to add this brief addendum to my last story. And I, I, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, uh, the Olympics, which were held in Saint-Louis weren't supposed to be held there. They were supposed to be held in, uh, Chicago, if I remember correctly. Uh, but the organizers of the world's fair threatened that they would out Olympics, the Olympics, if it wasn't held in Saint-Louis. And so, the fucking uh, balls on them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, the organizers of the world's fair were like, we're going to make an Olympics, but with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> so anyways, uh, they successfully petitioned for the Olympics to be held in Saint Louis and then proceeded to try to out Olympics, the Olympics anyways. So I'm not really sure what the point was, but we're going to focus on the world's fair this time. Um, which as I mentioned last time was, uh, soups racist. Um, and for this story specifically, we are focusing on a soups racist man named James Sullivan. And I want to start this story by saying, uh, on the record, um, none of the people recording this podcast right now, and I I don't speak for them, but I'm sure they agree with me, uh, don't support or agree with any of the racist views expressed by Mr. Sullivan. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't think that needs to go with saying, but I'll put my two cents in. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll all confirm in the affirmative. We'll all confirm. Um... (laughs) The thing is, uh, history can be and is uh, super fucking racist, super racist. at times. Um, but also, if we don't talk about the really racist stories, we're not bringing to light the fact that we have been really shitty as a entire species. Sometimes, and still sometimes continue to be. And get the chance to explain that we're better now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sometimes, um, I guess. Sometimes. Well, there are, we belong to the portion of Americans that are better now. Well, I wouldn't even say Americans, but I will say people in... in we belong yes, to a subset of the population of the human race that <laughs> <Right>. is <laughs> trying their best not to be racist. Yeah, can you really constantly. zero... I need you to zero in even Yeah, even let, me, let me fucking... Let me pinpoint the subset that we are in yeah. currently. Can you also so, do your math and show your work as you're pinpointing Yeah, I'll definitely... Um, I'll send those... I'll yeah. send those... Uh, Fuck. Send me the numbers and um Yeah, I'll send you I'll send you the schematics and everything later. Yeah, I'll make a private um, my email brain, account. My brain was grasping at straws for the word schematics. Can you tell that it's late at night? Also, listeners, I'm sorry if this episode goes long to pinpoint exactly how specifically not racist we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um so anyways. Uh, but yeah, tell tell me about it. I wanna James, know. James James Sullivan was of the belief, as many uh, in the year 1904 were, were, were 
Uh, Sullivan thought that the Anglo-American was the top of the hierarchy of race in the categories of both strength and smarts. And in order to prove that point, he partnered with a gentleman named William McGee, uh, who belonged to the World's Fair's Department of Anthropology. And by their powers combined, they made a really, really shitty Power Ranger robot. Oh, wait, no, it's, uh, it's Captain Planet, isn't it? By their powers combined. Yeah, they make Captain by their Planet. powers combined. Yeah, God, so they're definitely gonna make not a making reference. Captain Planet, but they made a super racist duo. They could make a, a racist Voltron. Oh, yes, racist Voltron <laughs> with just two pieces. Um, the dick and the balls, specifically. Uh, so anyways, um, they combine forces to prove their points, and they create what they decided to call the Special Olympics. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, that has a different connotation nowadays, but it's what they chose to call it, uh, while they were there. And Sullivan thought that it would be a really great idea in order to prove his point that, um, these indigenous peoples from, uh, different nations were inferior to the white man. So, uh, his thought was that they'd arrange a series of days for the people that were on display at the World's Fair's uh, anthropology areas um, to compete in these games. Um, And then McGee's point in it was from an anthropological, wow, that's a big word, uh, standpoint. And he thought, you know, anthropology is sort of just emerging. They're sort of just now starting to study people's cultures and things like this and it would be really great to get in on the ground floor and establish a racial hierarchy so that was that was his goal the ground floor exactly where you want to be on the ground floor of that building yeah on the ground floor of that building for sure so the the craziest thing is that they had some difficulty in setting this event up and the reason that they had difficulty is because while these people who were a part of the World's Fair were, I mean, in essence, they were like slave. Well, they weren't slaves. I'm I'm trying to think of a, an appropriate way to say it. They were sort of like semi-slaves in that they were like forced to stay in cages all day, but they were paid for being there and they all had agents who represented them. So they weren't like prisoners, but they kind of were because they couldn't really venture out of their cages yeah at all 
So they had agents, and these agents represented them. It was the duty of these agents to explain to these people the super racist things that uh, Sullivan and McGee wanted them to do. And so a lot of the performers said no outright, and then a lot of the performers said no um, because they didn't understand the games. So like a game like um, the example that was cited in the article I read was water polo, just didn't make sense to them, and so it was dropped entirely. They're like, we don't get it. Like, yeah. this whole... Water polo, what the fuck is that? To be fair, it kind of looks dumb. Like, Yeah, it, for sure. It looks like a dumb sport, and also... I mean, I know of water polo. If you asked me to get in the pool and play it, I'd be like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I have know a question, though, and it's very important. Yeah. Do they put sure. the horses in the pool with them, or have we forgone the horses? We've foregone the horses in water polo. Then what's the point? Uh, it's a really good question. <laughs> I agree. Uh, they ride on seahorses. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm into it again. <laughs> so, anyways. That being said, Sullivan and McGee did eventually find a group of competitors, which I guess is obvious because, you know, I wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. But they decided to name their Special Olympics Anthropology Days, and they included games like shot put, javelin, long jump, high jump, um, a mile race, a 100 meters. But because they were scrambling to put the event together... Um, they also had to rush to, you know, kind of set the games up once they had enough competitors for these games. And in the rush to set up the games, guess what they forgot to do for the competitors? I don't know, give them water like that one time. That's right, Zachary, oh. they forgot to explain the rules. And I know that Zachary wasn't the one talking. And, 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 and it was my poor attempt at humor. You know um, what? Uh, well, I was gonna say I'm just. I mean, that Zachary that was here. Uh, so they didn't. They didn't explain the rules to any of the competitors. In things like there's like a weighted toss that they had them do, where competitors were allowed to make second attempts. And many of the competitors chose not to make second attempts. Also, one of the rules that really tripped people up were when they got to races and there was a finishing line that uh, used to be a ribbon that you would run through. Many of the competitors who were running would duck under this line or stop just before it because they didn't understand what the rope signified. So day one of the event was, uh, was pretty... Pretty abysmal as far as failures go. And day two got even better. Day two was what Sullivan deemed to be a more, quote, savage-friendly day. um, And included things like archery, tree climbing competitions, mud throwing, and the javelin. Um, And what's that? Mud throwing. Yeah, I'm not sure where that went in today's Olympics, but I'd love to see it brought back. I actually, I want to do some research and figure out what mud throwing actually entailed with regards to this, but I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah, I feel like a lecturer. (laughs) Yes, Zach, what would you like to say? Well, I just, I feel like it's not even anything more than just throwing mud because these people were so fucking racist that they were like, this seems like something a subhuman human would do so we're just gonna add it yeah and that's fucking disgusting and i i don't know 
I don't have any giggles on this one, and I don't know what to do with myself, Matt. I'm just here to listen. I'm, I'm really, just really sorry, here Zach. I'm sorry listen. that this story is provi- providing you with such trouble. No, no, it, like it's it's important, but I'm like, well, I I don't know what to say here. It's kind of troubling to sit down and say, like, yeah, so here are these racists. Let's laugh at them. But you kind of trivialize what they did by laughing in a way. So I can see how it would be difficult. So anyways, Sullivan and McGee are racists. So day two of uh, Anthropology Day doesn't really go all that well either. The unfortunate thing about it is that Sullivan found this to be a huge win for himself. He determined that because these, again, quote-unquote savages, could not play a proper game of tennis, they were genetically inferior to white people. Dude, I I have a lot, I have a bad thing to tell him. Um, I am very white, and I cannot play tennis, so... But the, the, the stranger <laughs> thing to me is that obviously nobody pointed out that the rules weren't given to these people, and they had no idea how to play. He was just like, let's throw them in the lion's den and see where they uh, turn out. He viewed this as a complete win for himself. McGee didn't publish any articles about this, like didn't publish any papers about this racial hierarchy, Uh, but he did go on to reproduce this kind of atmosphere. He conducted in the fall of the same year, he conducted another sort of set of games with mostly Native American players, and that time he gave them the chance to learn the rules and things like that. After the events, McGee said, and this is a direct quote from McGee, the two events proved that the course of human events marched on inexorably toward the civilized white American ideal. And then he went on to say that he had proved the physical inferiority of, quote, primitive people i think this guy's a real piece of shit yeah like both of these guys are definitely pieces of shit i think he just wanted to like have a field day he keeps making sports events i think he just like wanted to have a sports day yeah essentially he made like a really shitty sports day yeah. He made really shitty sport times. I feel like if he just wanted to have a sports day, there were less controversial ways to go about Oh, this. for sure. For certain, yeah. He definitely could have, uh... He could have gone about it a different way, but as we've underlined here, 1904 was pretty fucking racist, so... As we've underlined here, 1904 just, like, wasn't a good time. I don't know. Did they believe in the germ theory yet? Maybe. <laughs> Well, I think I think what's really interesting too is the 1904 Olympics did have African American competitors and as I mentioned in our last podcast, the runners in the 1904 Olympics, there were people from a South African tribe that competed. So, I think these guys were just super set in their worldview and they were like, "No. Nobody can compete on the level of a white person." And then it just became, like, their problematic way to try and prove it to the world. Well, also in these Olympics, weren't women only allowed to compete in one official event, so... I, I mean, literally did no research. 
Well, they're hitting... What I'm saying is, it's 1904. They're sort of hitting all of the the stereotypical, like, if it's not a straight white man, then uh, is it really a sporting event? Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Also, the 1904 Olympics were terribly organized and, like, lasted for five months, so I'm really not surprised that, like, it had this weird side event for anthropology day yeah no it was really i mean this was the world fair so it had nothing to do with the olympics they just wanted to like have an indigenous people's olympics for their own racist gain st louis but this was before like a lot of these nations were in the olympics you know what i mean so it's like places like argentina and japan and a bunch of other locations like this so like these people were just on display as circus monkeys and then they were like well we pay them so we might as well have a little bit of fun and they just it's bad yeah i I, go ahead i kind of have to laugh in the face of these idiots because again soup's racist Mm -hmm. and you know you talked about they did like the second shitty field day with a bunch of native americans and they tried to prove their quote-unquote point but you have people like fucking jim thorpe who is considered the greatest athlete to ever live and he's fucking native american Mm -hmm. like these people and again this is also he was born jim thorpe was born in 19 i'm sorry 1887 so he was yeah now probably not there for the 1904 olympics i don't remember what what year he won the gold his gold medals but even still it's like you tried to prove your point and your point was definitely wrong but you can keep saying what you want to yeah, say. Yeah, but it's oh, very much getting... in line with people. Like, you'll even see people nowadays that, like, make the case that because one thing lines up with their thinking that it's just the correct point of view, right? Yeah. I, uh, I'd like to apologize part... to our listeners because all of my stories recently have been so deep and introspect. Well, I guess the 1904. My Christmas episode one was definitely introspective and very True. heartfelt. But also don't apologize because it's good to think about it. <laughs> yeah. you have to do it yeah, it's the only reason that we do it but the other thing is i also want to mention is from a standpoint of like statistics mm-hmm. and things like that statistics no matter which way you look at them can be so swayed and i and you didn't really bring up any statistics in this yeah but i think talking about that from like even a hard numbers point of view people can do whatever they want to make their point yeah we'll do that so you know when i had a, a statistics class that i was taking in college my final project was to take a single set of data and prove a point and then counterprove my point with the same set of data. And you can do that, absolutely. So, Yeah, and I mean, there was no scientific method to their madness. No, but what I'm saying is even if they had a scientific method, you can see how much they're talking themselves in circles. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Extremely upset about it because this is supposed to be a fun time. And I'm like, ah! I'm really sorry that I ruined your fun time, Zach. You didn't. You didn't ruin my fun time. I'm just. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, history is not always fun. It's important Sometimes, to talk about. History is really racist, as we say in the in the title sequence to this. You know, these are times that history has made us say what the fuck. So yeah, and it definitely made me say what the fuck. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, I, I could tell. But Zach, I now lie ready and wait for your story to be uplifting. Yeah. My story is more than uplifting. Yes. It's 
what the fucking for sure. I'm actually going to go on a sports tangent myself. Oh, Woo-hoo! it's the sports episode, except for mine, where my lady didn't even <laughs> like sports because she never talked about it and only liked money. Anyway. She was good at the sport of gaining money. She was good at that sport, money. yeah. She was in the Olympics of making money. Olympic level money maker. Yeah. Have either of you heard of Doc Ellis? Uh, oh. The name sounds super That's familiar, so but I familiar. can't place it. So Doc Ellis was, in the 1970s, a pitcher for the Pirates. And on June 12th, 1970, Doc Ellis did something absolutely phenomenal. Are both of you familiar with the term, the no-hitter? No. The Zach, I'm going to be hitter? very candid with you right now. Yes. I know... Nothing, Nothing about, about sports. sports. Like, I know negative amount of ne- negative of one about sports. Knowledge about sports. Um, you're doing great in golf, then. Um, <laughs> I don't even get the joke because I don't know about golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's funnier. Anyway, so in baseball, a no hitter is when a pitcher will pitch a game where oh. no one gets on base. So okay. someone can hit the ball and it's immediately caught for an out and like or immediately thrown and basically no one gets a chance to ever seem like they're in a scoring position. It's a I thought, extremely hard I thing thought to do. I thought a no hitter was where the pitcher pitches and nobody ever yeah, hits. Yeah, I thought the ball. that was it too. I mean, that's that's the idea, but technically you can still get a no hitter if someone like hits the ball and it's immediately like caught and you they never get a chance to be on base. It's technicalities. But anyway, so it's an extremely hard thing to do. June 12th, 1970, Doc Ellis does it. First time and only time he ever does it in his career. But what's more remarkable is Doc Ellis does this while he's high as a fucking kite on Ellis. <laughs> I love him. I think that's the only time. That's probably the only time I'd be able I know. to pitch a no-hitter. Like, if, if I was honest. about to be a sports god, I would probably have to be high on, out of my mind. <laughs> so he was fucking absolutely bananas out of his mind. So the day he was supposed to pitch this game, on June 12th, he... So actually, I'm sorry. It's The, the whole story starts the day before. The day before, he is in Los Angeles visiting his friend. So on June 11th, he's visiting his friend, and they drop some acid and... Stay up super late into the night, chugging drink, chugging beers, doing drugs, and absolutely losing track of where the fuck they are and what the fuck time it is. Casually dropping acid. Casually dropping acid. <laughs> it is the 1970s, so fuck it. Why not? You know, Megan, all those times that you casually Listen, drop acid. You don't need nowadays. to tell me about all those times that I have casually dropped acid. I work in a chemistry lab, and I once casually dropped some acid. I got fired the very next day. It's called microdosing. Thank you very much. Oh, thank Anyway. Okay, I know what microdosing <laughs> is. Anyway, so he does this whole bender the night before where he's like, fuck, all right, cool. I totally can do whatever I want. I'm Doc Ellis. <laughs> I'm Doc Ellis and I'm high. Let's go. Here's the thing. He totally didn't remember or think that he was pitching the next day. So That's he crazy. loses track of time, doesn't know what day it is. On June 12th, he wakes up thinking he's supposed to pitch t- the day after, takes another hit of <laughs> acid at noon, only to learn that in two hours, he is supposed to be on the mound against the Padres in San Diego. Oh my god. So he... In the great state of San Diego. He gets in a car. Yep. 
drives to the yeah. airport, yeah. gets on a plane, and is in the park 90 minutes before the first pitch. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> good on him. D- good time like, management. What was this flight? I, You know what? I envy, I envy <laughs> the time... And whenever this time was in history where you could just roll up to the airport, no ticket, no check-in number, and be like, hey, I need to go somewhere. And they're like, oh, where do you need to go? And they're like, does it matter? And they're like, here's a seat right here for you. That'll be $5. And here's your glass of champagne. It's the 70s. It's the 70s. And you're not high on acid at you're all. You're not you high on fucking acid. Even if you were, <laughs> we wouldn't. We're not we narcs. Shit. He sits down at the plane, looks at the flight attendant, and goes... Yes, when do the wings stop clapping? <laughs> when do we... I don't know why I gave him a British accent. I don't know either, When do we but... become a bird? When does this bird? big metal bird take yeah, off? Yeah, like, when, do, when does the bird eat me, and then I become the bird, and then I fly to San Diego? When does this, when does this large metal cylinder anamorph into a <laughs> fucking falcon? Yeah, when does this anamorph? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he gets on the mound 90 minutes before the first pitch, and... He fucking pitches a no-hitter, which is amazing and also unbelievable. He is quoted saying, I started having a crazy idea in the fourth inning that Richard Nixon was the home plate umpire. Oh my god! And once I thought, I was pitching a baseball to Jimi Hendrix, who to me was holding a guitar and swinging it over the plate. This is so <laughs> this good. Is I love him. He was just like, you know, I had this crazy idea in the fourth inning. I just, like, thought I wanted to win and that Richard Nixon wasn't going to stop me. Not only Richard Nixon, the combined forces of Richard Nixon and Jimi Hendrix, which honestly, if... Yeah, so Nixon was the the umpire and And Jimi Hendrix Hendrix was was the batter. Yeah, I'm just imagining it's, like, Jimi Hendrix with a guitar ready to swing and in the background you hear, It's a strike! Oh my god. Strike one. I am Anytime I hear that particular impression of Nixon, I have to look at pictures and just remember that he does not look like a fucking bulldog. But he does. Because everyone does that jowly, like, and it's like, why? I don't know. He's because got some jowls going wants. on. He's like the human personification. No, I mean, he definitely has big cheeks, but like... Now I have anyways. to go look up a picture of Richard Nixon and his jowl. Richard Nixon. Not not that, no. Your, Richard Nixon. Your grandmother Nixon. would find him quite pinchable. Uh, <laughs> job experience. Fuck. No. Uh, jowls. Thank you. Jowls. Jowls. See? Well, it wanted to tell me about his... There they are. There is jowls. Man. And they're very long. One unattractive man. <laughs> Go on, Zach. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um. So, yeah, he... he it was just absolutely fucking wild. He was also quoted saying, uh, I remember diving out of the way of a ball I thought was a line drive. I jumped, but the ball wasn't hit hard, and it never even reached me. It never even reached me. What did that look like to I know. Just someone taking a fucking dive? Yeah, he was also just, like, absolutely insane of a player, which a lot of his other stupid stunts got overshadowed by the fucking no-hitter. Like, the fact that in 1974 against the Reds, he made it his entire mission 
to plunk every Cincinnati batter that went up in an, uh, basically fucking would continually hit play he made it his mission to to hit every cincinnati batter with a fucking ball when they got up to the plate he just was he was fucking insane as a person and i absolutely love what he did i just like don't understand how he was recruited to to uh (laughs) a professional team they're like man i'm fairly certain also zach that you love him because he because he's chaos incarnate and i love it yeah <laughs> what a chaotic like, thing is he was he was a huge part but he also like helped the pirates win the 1971 world series and the 1967 yankees he started in the 71 all-star game for the national league he was a fucking good picture pitcher but he was just nuts and i think that makes it even better so and what's also even better yeah is the fact that he didn't tell anyone that he was high as a kite on acid. Well, how do you broach yeah. that subject? Until 14 years oh, later. Oh, not even after the game. <laughs> yeah, because how do you broach that subject? I wouldn't be able to keep it a secret. Goes, By the way, you remember that no-hitter? I was high as a kite. How do you... How do you do not you th- tell anyone? Because after, as soon as the game's over, like in the middle, I'm leaning over to the person in the dugout, because I know what the dugout is, and I'd be like, hey... I'm so high right now. Like, out of my yeah, mind. It's, I, I don't think he'd be able to keep his career well, as a... Okay, so I, was, I wanted to bring this up earlier. Um, I, I know, like, obviously sports ball players need to get drug tested <laughs> at points. And, right. And not in the 70s. Yeah, but, like, in the, but in the 70s were they just like, hey, you know, pot, big deal, I guess. Steroids, I don't know, maybe no. Acid, Seems more like a handicap, if anything else. Hey, Megan? Uh, Megan? Yeah? This is the 1970s. Doctors still smoked in their offices. Amen, brother. <laughs> so, I don't think they were really giving a shit about the one guy who was fucking seeing the ball swell because he was high on LSD. Well, I'm talking more for the league. Like, the league drug tests their players to make sure they're not taking performance-enhancing drugs. But what I'm saying is, like, acid seems like a handicap. Yeah, that's true. In most cases, acid probably would be a handicap. In the case of this fine gentleman... It was clearly exactly, exactly what he the needed. right stuff. I would imagine. So this is this <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. He leans over to someone in the dugout and goes, "I am incredibly high right now," <laughs> and they're like, "We need to get this man acid for every game from yeah, now right? on." Like we can't go back to how it was, dude. Like you're too good on the stuff. I agree on that, but also I do want to say in a quick, quick. Uh, reconnaissance mission there wasn't really an official drug testing program oh. in the major league baseball before 1985 oh it was because of this guy wow damn so yeah 15 years earlier they're like let's pump this guy full of lsd because he's a fucking whiz when he is yeah <laughs> they they were just like you remember that one guy who took acid and got a got a no hitter yeah uh we can't let that happen again, so we're going to have to start testing these guys for any and all drugs. Forget the steroids. We need to test Forget for uh, Forget the steroids. Who knows what they'll be able to do on the devil's lettuce. 
Like <laughs> I'm just imagining also Doc Ellis at another time later on in his pitching career. I wish this happened. I don't know if it did, but he's just like sitting on the mound and he fucking cracks his back and starts having a reflash and is like, oh no, not again. <laughs> yeah, it starts creeping back up on him. <laughs> you can see him physically be blasted into the past in his own memories. He's just like, oh. <laughs> Oh no, it's I'm tripping again. Fuck! It's coming oh. back on me. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's that's Doc Ellis and the uh, no hitter on acid man. Doc Ellis, a national hero. To what be do sure. you think? Did they have Adderall back in the seventies? Or do you think acid was just their form of Adderall? <laughs> Was this before or after, uh, what is it? Oh. What's the fucking CIA project where they doped everyone up on acid? Oh. MK. MK. Yeah. I don't know. When when was that? Yeah, Hang can on, you? Look we gotta look up MK Ultra. I feel like oh, that's another one we, we're gonna end up covering later, so. MK Ultra, also called the CIA Mind Control yep. Program. The men. Oh, my internet is going very The men very who slow. stare at goats. Uh, 1964. Oh, okay. The operation officially sanctioned in 1953, reduced scope in 1964, and further curtailed in 1967. We can bookend that one, though. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Because the MKUltra experiment is... Yeah, we'll do that wild. one later. But I think, like, we covered the whole range of human emotion tonight. <laughs> yeah. From being very rich to being very Mm -hmm. racist and disorganized to, you know, a beautiful shining light of human innovation of getting a no-hitter while high off your ass on acid. (laughs) We're beautiful creatures, except for that middle part. (laughs) (laughs) We're beautiful creatures, except for when we're not. (laughs) I love that. We're beautiful creatures, except for those two guys in 1904. And probably many, and many more, like, more them. like them. We're all great, except you. Your pieces of yeah, shit. Yeah, except for you guys. <laughs> except for you. But all I right. think... All right. So we, we have two things that we could do. We could go in our time machine back to the beginning. To talk about Popo Kakapo. I think I just want to say that one more time. And then I don't know what else to say other than kaboom. Uh, I think I forgot how that's, to pronounce it. I mean, that's it. fair. Oh, no. Popo Kakapo. There we go. We only took like 30 minutes trying to pronounce it at the beginning of this thing. Yes, I got it. Okay, that's all I wanted to do. And I think we just have like one more question. Um, Hang on. I'm looking for it in my notes. No, take your time. Yeah, I'm really sorry, guys. My desk right now is what the fuck history? you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.